Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. And today it is March the 8th, 2021. And I am super excited to bring to you a guest uh, who, who, you know, it's, it's like so many of the people who I got to meet on this journey where I was a teacher at the time that we met and then we become friends. And that's one of the, the amazing things about what I do is that I get to know people in a really, really deeply, deeply intimate way. I get to know not only their, their shadow sides, because of the work that I do, but I get to know their light, their brilliance. And I am excited to bring to you today as a guest, Deborah, who is a brilliant light. And right now in the world, the way things are, where there's so much darkness, this woman is holding her light really, really brightly. And I wanted to bring her to you as an inspiration because if she can align with her inner light, so can you. So Deborah, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Well, I'm happy to be here and very flattered that you would ask. Um, I just want to say it's a little out of my comfort zone being the relative, uh, relatively private person that I am, but I'm happy to share this part of my journey with other people if, if it will help anyone. So, And that's what this is all here. about. That's what this is all about, you know, to bring people who are real and who are doing the work, have been at it for a while, and bring a level of, of integrity to, to this journey. And it's not all uh, butterflies and unicorns, as we have discovered. And, and that's, that's part of why I wanted to have this conversation with you today. So, you know, when I met you, and this was 2008, maybe 2009 had to have been around that time when I had, I think, yeah, when I had the center for awareness and you came to the classes, the, the study groups that I was doing. And then at one point you participated in, in the workshop that I facilitated the power of awareness. And that's when I was exposed to your curiosity and your willingness to really dive deep. And that was, that's, you know, just one of the amazing things. If you want to become self-aware you can't come to that timidly and expect to discover yeah. uh, your brilliance. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, I, I know that that was just after I had been divorced. So I was even before the divorce, I think I was really searching for uh, a little deeper meaning. Um, and at that, so at that point, it was a critical time for me. And I saw through Meetup that you were having uh, the Oprah book uh, discussion of the new, new Earth. Yeah, yeah. And I came and really, really enjoyed it. Uh, you had great energy in those groups, and I could feel that it was building week after week. And it was so interesting to me to make the discovery that you know there were other people that were having similar thoughts, or if they brought something up that I hadn't thought of, you know, that I could find uh, that I would relate to those uh, comments and questions. And so it was a really wonderful part of my journey. Um, you know, it, a new earth was, uh, that was kind of an opening for consciousness for a lot of uh, regular people because of the light that Oprah shone on it. And uh, I was real happy to be part of that. We, we did a subsequent book, though, to that, which was um, The Untethered Soul, which I would say to anyone, that that was a life-changing um, book for me. Um, I had been involved in meditation and experimenting with different meditation, and I love the analogy about the voice in the head and listening yeah. to the roommate in, in yeah. the head. And so through that process and the process of meditation, I have over years really developed an ability to hear my own thoughts, to witness my own thoughts. So I'm usually pretty aware of where I am at any given moment. And I'd love to say I'm always in that enlightened zone, but I know that I'm not. I catch myself in judgment, you know, and, and I and then I go, oh well, you know, that isn't that isn't positive, you know, why are you yeah. doing that and step back from that. 
And uh, most of the time, I, I, I think right now I'm in a very neutral place uh, with my thoughts. But then sometimes I get into these places where my thoughts are so elevated and I feel such unimaginable joy for no reason. Like I could be sitting in the car in a traffic light and suddenly, you know, just feel really happy. So, you know, there's, it, it cuts both ways, you know, so being aware, you get, you get to experience both. Yeah, well, you know, a, a couple of things that you said, make made a couple little notes here. Um, so yes, catching those, those voices in the head, which was one of the big exercises that we did in the Power of Awareness workshop. Yeah. Yeah. When we were listening to those voices in our head, amplifying them, and that when we are on this journey, until we can be the observer of the roommate, the observer of the voices in the head, become the, the one who's aware of them and know that we are not those thoughts, we have those thoughts, yeah. we cannot go to the deeper parts that this journey is inviting us to go to because to be the witness to those voices is to be the witness to the darkness inside of us, to the ways that we block joy, the ways that we judge and, and shame and guilt ourselves and others. So that in and of itself is such a important part of the journey, but not everybody will go, you know, I, as you know, I'm a student and a teacher of the Course in Miracles and the Course says that everybody can do this, but very few will. Very few will, and the reason we don't, we, we, it's going to be very difficult for many people is we don't want to admit that we have ugly thoughts like that. It's very difficult to say that, yes, I'm, I'm thinking these horrendous thoughts. And, you know, the other thing you were talking about when we met, it was because of, of the book, A New Earth, that like you, so many brand new people to the spiritual journey. And I consider myself at that time only five years into my journey when I started uh, teaching. Mm -hmm. And I just felt this calling. And new people were exposed to that book. And the new earth speaks of the voices in the head. Yeah. It speaks to that we cannot create a new earth. We cannot bring heaven on earth until we get rid of the hell that we have created. And the hell gets created by the voices in our head. That, that thinking in our head has projected this world that is the very reason we have to wake up so we can stop thinking those thoughts, so we can shift that projection of, of ugliness out into the world. So when, when did you begin to realize that things were not quite as they seemed, that, that life wasn't quite as you had been taught to believe it was supposed to be? When did that um, curiosity begin for you? Um, when I was really, really young child. Okay. I, uh, yeah. Um, I've always had a curiosity about God. And of course I, I attended a very traditional, um, Lutheran church. And, you know, a lot of people say that the church instilled a lot of guilt in them. And I can't say that. I had a very good experience growing up, but I think I knew on some level that it wasn't answering some of the deeper questions that I was having. And I remember, you know, laying in bed and wondering about the universe and the concept of infinity. And I know that I had a lot of questions that really weren't being addressed by the kinds of things that I was being taught, which were quite rightly aimed at little children. But I didn't always have that kind of uh, thinking. Um, the other thing is, I always very naturally had a very direct relationship with God. I mean, I can remember um, being a little kid, and I had, I had this... Uh, little crucifix but it was a glow-in-the-dark crucifix it was a little <laughs> and i remember what before i would go to bed my ritual was to hold it up to the light bulb and get it all charged up and then turn off the light get under the covers where it was good and dark and it would glow in the dark and then i would pray and so that was my ritual that wasn't being prompted by church um yeah. of course it was grounded in in the christian beliefs 
um, because that's what I had been taught. But to me, I was trying to directly connect. Well, I was directly connecting. Yeah. And, uh, so, so my curiosity, and then I had, um, uh, wow, I didn't realize I was going to talk about this, but I had a UFO experience when I was probably around eight and I never really talked about it after that. It was one night I can remember waking up and going to the window of my bedroom and I saw, you know, the, the UFO hovering outside over the street. Um, and I, I know that I was up and I looked at it for a while and then I don't remember much after that. I went back to bed, got up the next day and I remembered it and I thought, well, maybe they'll have something about it on the news or the newspaper. So I looked for that and there was nothing. So <laughs> I think in my head, I always questioned if I really saw that or not. Yeah. But a couple of years ago, I when I started painting, I suddenly just had this download that, wow, you know, I'm starting to think more about that again. And, and you know, since then, we've had a lot of more you know, exposures and stuff in the news about extraterrestrials being here. And so I'm not doubting myself as much as I was about that. But, you know, that's, um, you know, one of the things that happened to me. Um, and then, you know, when I got to be a teenager, as far as alternate views, I, I became attracted to astrology and started studying that. And that's been sort of a lifelong hobby and a study of mine. Um, I would consider myself uh, an amateur astrologer. Uh, so I follow, uh, you know, people about astrology so that I can know, you know, how the planets are impacting, um, you know, what we can expect in our day-to-day -day lives. So but that is so amazing because I, I have seen through, through all of these years of coaching and teaching and learning and expanding my own awareness and my own alignment with source, that there is so much that we don't know. We just do not know what we do not know. And this journey of, of awakening requires that we first break the bubble of what we do know. We have to question what we do know and begin to move beyond that as being the only reality that there is and step into the unknown, step into the no mind um, where we don't know, where we allow ourselves to be open and receptive. And, and like you, I went down the path of dabbling very little in astrology, uh, very little. I, I, I don't teach it. I don't know it well enough to talk about it. But I, I went and got readings. I began to read a few books about it. And I realized that it had a very important place in, in, in life, in the world. It's, it's guidance. It's, it's information. I then began to dabble a little bit in, in um, astronomy and began to realize the not only the importance of understanding the relationship of the planets and the galaxies and, and everything within the universe, I also began to see how vast this, this universe is and how little the mind that thinks and knows it all is focused on really when we think we know it all, we're very self-centered. We, we are so, our world is very, very tiny. And as I began to explore and expand, of course, UFOs made sense. Of course, <laughs> everything extraterrestrial makes sense because it's a vast, vast universe. And something fascinating began to happen for me. And I want to hear about it for you. But as I began to, to it, it, it happened in tandem. I would get curious. I would get the downloads. And then I would get the downloads. And I would get even more curious. So yeah. it, it created a, a, this opening that just continued to expand and expand and expand until I got to the point that I realized I don't know anything, but I do know where to go for whatever it is that I need to access. And it is not in human people. It is, it is I go beyond the human mind. <laughs> I know. I go to that. I align with God within, yeah. source within, and it, it it just always guides me with exactly what I need to know when I need to know it, and it's absolutely perfect. Tell me about your experience expanding into receiving your guidance. Uh, well, I, I think I've always, 
been more successful self-directed than I have with other people. Um, not that I haven't learned from a lot of teachers. I mean, I, I would definitely give credit to all my teachers, including you, Lina, for sure. Listen, um, me too. I give credit to a lot of teachers, and thank you for that. Yes, but the real work is always inside me. And sometimes, you know, I, I've been kind of up and down. There have been periods where I haven't looked at it as much. Um, but what happened, you know, after, you know, that or those early days when I met you is that I got involved in a couple of relationships that wound up um, teaching me a lot uh, through a lot of very painful situations. Um, and that those situations caused me to have to go within and look at myself uh, deeply. And the second one in particular uh, put me into a place where hmm, I ultimately, first of all, I started um, painting. That was part of that because I ended up going to an intuitive painting class and having uh, quite the experience of healing from that. I ended up bringing a lot of my feelings out on the paper and it was quite powerful for me and a very, very emotional. And so shortly after that, a very good friend of mine um, recommended a couple of books to me. One of them um, was uh, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And, uh, you know, ultimately we went and we did a weekend workshop with Julia Cameron and I learned about the concept of morning pages. And for anybody that doesn't know about that is it's a practice that's supposed to release your creativity. Um, and it involves getting up and the first thing you do every morning is you write three pages of just sort of stream of thinking. It's not necessarily like a diary or a journal, although sometimes those kind of thoughts do come in, but it's stream of consciousness when you first get up and it's three full size, you know, eight by 11 pages of longhand, it's not typed. And I thought, oh, yeah, I've already got my morning practices. I, I don't really want to do something different, but I'll try it. Well, I'm still doing it. And it's three years later, and I've got a stack of notebooks with all kinds of thoughts. And there's lots of days where it's just a ramble, but there's other days where I really am able to synthesize some very interesting things and, and make observations about myself and learn a lot about myself. Um, the other book, which was really key, and, and you know, I know that we talked about this a little bit when we met, was a book on inner child healing. Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, how some people don't want to face the shadow work, I think it's because they're afraid of how much, you know, self-blame there is about this. And when you understand that that voice in your head is really trying to protect you from something, and that is the voice of that trauma, wherever that lives in your past, um, trying to protect you, and you learn how to uncover that, you know, very, very gently and, and love yourself for even being that and understand yourself and give healing to those parts of you, you start to put your wholeness back together. And you yeah. know, once you can start to do that, you realize I can, I can do this no matter what comes up, you know, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, I've got the skills now and I know I don't have to be afraid of that because I can, that tells me there's a place in myself I need to forgive. Yeah, so that's where I come down on that. Yeah, but that that is such an important part of the work. And until until we go inside into those places where, as a child, we created our perception about love, ourselves, and others, and God, until we correct those misperceptions, because they're misperceptions from our our whole self, 
but they are perceptions from our wounded self. And as long as we operate from this idea that others can hurt us and that we need to protect ourselves and that we need to manipulate the world to stay safe, we never really understand our power. We never understand our sovereignty and our ability to be honest because it's we, we don't realize, as I know I didn't, that every relationship that we enter into when we are unconscious of that, that shadow is a relationship that is there to mirror back to us our, our, our way of thinking, to mirror back to us our ideas about love, our ideas about relationships. And they don't work because the ideas that we have in our head are really that relationships um, are there to fill our needs. And that's not the purpose of relationships, which is why they don't work. Because we suck the life out of others and others try to suck the life out of us to complete us. I, I did too. I had, you know, Ken. Um, Ken was definitely one of those, those partners that came into my life and I married him and he was a great teacher. But he came to show me because I had never experienced myself um, letting somebody else totally run bulldozer me. I had always been the bully. And with Ken, I got to see my victim self. And that was not comfortable. But it's we have to see both sides of the same ego coin yeah. that says yeah. that I'm not whole. And so tell me, what were some of the things that you discovered about yourself because you went that deep? thanks to those two relationships? Hmm. Well, number one, I discovered that I wasn't very good at holding boundaries um, and that I had convinced myself that um, I needed to be a certain way in order to please other people. And, and, and the, the theme of people pleasing was much stronger in me than I ever really realized because I've always been a relative truth teller and I, I have thought of myself as pretty independent. But when I got in these particular relationships and then I recognized later there had been other relationship, friendship relationships, um, that I had no boundaries. I, I had caved. I, I, I wasn't asserting myself in the not truthfully and honestly in the relationships because I was afraid that that's that I would lose the relationships if I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, so that was a big discovery. The other um, corollary to that was that a lot of my relationships weren't very reciprocal. You know, I was doing a lot of giving and it was exhausting and I was wondering why I didn't have any energy left at the end of the day. And I wasn't taking good care of myself, not really. Uh, so those were the big things that came out of the more recent um, work with the inner child. There, there were, oh, and I also had, I had a creative side that I had more or less suppressed for most of my life. And when I went, we went to this Julia Cameron workshop and we did this exercise where she had us list all the creative, what she called creative U-turns, where you would start something creative and then give up on it. And mm -hmm. I started listing them and I couldn't believe how many I had, more than a dozen. And it covered all kinds of areas of creativity, almost everything except like performance art. Uh, you know, I've had jewelry making and drawing and painting and writing and you name it, dancing, the whole thing. So um, that was another thing, a real uh, treasure that I found within myself was the creativity and how much I like to create. And I gave myself permission to finally actually do that wholeheartedly. So, yeah. you know, I gave myself permission to spend money on a hobby for myself, which I never really did before. So I, I remodeled an entire room in my home into a studio and I spent money on art supplies and and that was for me. I did that for me and, and I realized I've never really done that anything like that for myself before in my entire life. That's been wonderful. Uh, 
that's that's beautiful that is so beautiful because those are things that that we actually pick up in childhood and very much like you i realized that i had given up dancing mm -hmm. um because I, I was with partners that didn't dance and they didn't want to go dancing and they maybe didn't want bother learning how to dance and so i gave that up so gave up that creativity i also realized one of the most important things that i realized like you, I was constantly giving, giving, giving. But what I realized is I was giving to get, which is why I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. Now my giving is so unconditional that there's no exhaustion. There's, there's just joy. There's, you know, if it, it activates more, more, um, more passion and excitement. So I love that. But the third thing that I discovered is that I stayed in that relationship with Ken because I valued safety more than I valued my sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And when I recognized that I was attached to somebody keeping me safe, I, I unraveled what then be, began to be my access to understanding the world of government that we have projected. Because yes. oh, the, the correlations were uncanny. When I, when I began to, to look at Ken and he came into a relationship, he had a lot more money than I did. And then he wanted to take care of me because he came in with that narcissistic, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to belong to me. You're not going to dance. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that because all those things make me jealous. And if I'm jealous, I'm going to be, um, uh, uh, that's not okay. And if I'm jealous, then I'm going to cut you off. And I'm going well, I don't want to be cut off because I like the luxury. I like the, the yeah. lifestyle. I'll give up my life. I'll give up my voice and I will give up my sovereignty and be here basically at your beck and call. Well, nothing, nothing kills your joy faster than that inauthenticity, that manipulation, that total and complete um, using of a relationship to satisfy a wounded little child that doesn't want to be abandoned. So talk about major, major um, healing that needed to be done there. And what, what Ken represented for me was really what I did not get from my mother because my mom was a bully. My mom was that person who chased everybody away because she had to have things her way. And Ken, being that, showed me how I had done that to my previous relationships. So looking at the mirror, absolutely powerful. But that, that really solidified my understanding of, like I said, what we have projected out into the world of government. We've given government power over us, keep us safe, and then I don't have to be sovereign. And that has been just a beautiful opportunity to look at that projection in in because as within so without so what what was something that you were able to realize through that that digging deeply into those those shadow uh, aspects that has helped you to better understand the world at large well you know that's that's very interesting as you're talking about that about the whole government thing um i don't think that I really got that all the way until this past year with the whole COVID situation. And that ultimately, I mean, I was doing my inner work on myself before, but I don't think I got it with the whole picture of the whole world until this past year. And that's been the wake up call, you know? Um, so do I stay afraid of COVID and listen to authorities even when they don't make sense anymore? That's where that's gone for me. Because at first, you know, when it first happened about a year ago, you know, I, we didn't, nobody really knew what we were dealing with. So I think I, I had as much fear come up as anybody else. And I was very, very careful and uh, I, I obviously I want to be respectful of other people's, you know, concerns. But as time went on and I saw the pattern developing and started getting a little more curious about 
maybe some alternate facts, uh, that's when I ultimately ran into the big jolt about the bigger world, not just the world inside of me, right? Yeah. And yeah. that, that uh, I don't even, thoughts that I understand the way the world is today, that wouldn't have even occurred to me more just a year ago. Um, and then you put together on Facebook that curious masters group and uh, obviously I got connected with a few more people and a few more sources of information and it has just accelerated from there. Uh, I think the tricky thing to manage for me right now is um, you know, how much time to spend looking at that kind of stuff? How much do I really, really need to know for my growth and my ascension? Um, and it's probably not as much as I, I actually spend because I, I, I really feel like dwelling in those places really uh, kind of holds us or magnetizes us back in the 3D space while I want to stay aware and I want to hold that yeah. duality you know, and process feelings that come up. I think it's important to still do that. Uh, I, I really want to spend more of my time as a friend, a very good friend of mine says, thinking lovely thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a balance. We have to learn to balance. It's just like when we're doing the inner child work. Some people stay so involved in that inner child wound that they they really don't get out into their healthy self because everything, now that they discovered the wounded child, everything is about taking care of the wounded child. And while you're taking care of the wounded child, you are basically um, validating your woundedness. There's a wounded me that I've got to take care of. Yes, it's an identity, it's an identity like anything. Exactly, else. exactly. So, you know, there, there are so many layers to this journey. And as we begin to see what's happening in the world and how the, how, you know, we have created this incredible um, projected out into the world, our own darkness. And so that means that there are dark people out there and the only reason I call them dark is for the distinction that they're not aligned with their light. Anybody who's aligned with their light cannot do dark things. It's just not possible. But anyways, when we begin to see what's happening in the world and we go down those rabbit holes where things get really, really dark and you begin to see, wow, when we make the ego mind our master, when we, when we deny our light, when we deny God, we can get pretty, pretty dark. But that is what this planet is for. The planet of choice, the planet of duality is for us to experience both sides. The just as we do with our inner child work, you you become aware of it, you do the healing work, and then you move on. You move on to cultivate a relationship with your whole self. When we begin to realize the things that are happening in the world, you can't dwell in the darkness. You can't dwell in the what's wrong. Otherwise, like you said, you feed that. But there comes a time where we have to look at it from a place of neutrality and say that is not okay in this world. That is not acceptable. Because the whole part about waking up is the recognition that we are creating our reality. We created the reality of the woundedness inside for a reason, we created the reality of this darkness in the world for a reason. And now when we understand that reason, we begin to powerfully be part of the change we want to see in the world. Create something different. Exactly, because our mind creates that reality. And if we don't like what we're seeing, it doesn't go away by denying it. It goes away by deliberately choosing to create something different, which is what a new earth was all about. We have to look at the consciousness that created suffering so that we can stop doing that. But denying it doesn't stop it, doesn't stop it. Let me read to you that, that line from The Course in Miracles that I was saying I, I did a little talk about the other day. No one can escape from illusions unless he looks at them. We have to look at them. 
for not looking as the way that they are protected. My, my, one of my favorite teachings, of Course in Miracles. So we have to look at the wounded child. We have to look at our, the ways that we block our creativity. We have to look at the ways that we sabotage ourselves. We have to look at the ways that we are codependent or give our power away or we give, give, give and feel drained. We have to look at that and then choose to do something different. So what are some of the choices that you've made that have had you shift and lift into a higher frequency? Oh, well, you know, I, I, I spoke about boundaries and expectations in relationships with other people. And I think that's caused me to change the way I interact with people and choose to spend my time. Um, that's the big one that I think uh, has helped me more than anything else. And it's also, you know, you talked a little bit before about giving to get. And yes, that, that has definitely shifted. So yeah, now when I give, it's, it's coming from that place of I have something to give. I have nourished myself first. And therefore, I have this to give. My time or my energy or my attention is, is really 100% there. Uh, I think before, yeah, there, there were there was some unconscious motivations, um, and usually for me, it was, you know, just wanting to keep people around me. You know, I think for a long time, especially after my divorce, um, you know, the whole thing about being alone. Uh, I, I felt somehow shamed by that, like, like there must be something wrong with me if I'm alone on a, on a Friday night or, or something like that. And um, uh, that that's really shifted for me. I actually love spending time alone. I, maybe it's because I had my fill of being with people that were so draining that now I, I may be uh, a little selfish with my time, but I do know when I do choose to give my time, I'm, I'm 100% there and I have the energy to do that. Um, so that's, those are probably the biggest areas for me. Um, yeah. you know, and wanting to connect, you know, with people that are conscious and I, you know, you mentioned uh, before we went on about, you know, wanting to go deep in conversations. Yeah, that's always been my propensity also. And yeah. idle chit chat doesn't hold my attention very long. So now I just I just don't tolerate those situations very long. Well, that is one of the biggest shifts that happens to us once we begin to go deeper into the realization of really what to me matters more than anything. And that is that I have I have come to feel, to experience to know myself as one with a creator. So I get what Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And inside of that knowingness, what is most interesting to me is to allow myself to have the lived uh, experience of what, what does it feel like to have the universe flowing through me and, and experiencing life from that perspective so what you're wearing and, you know, the, the who's got the, the sale, you know, buy one, get one free sale and what color you paint in your kitchen, those things are not important to me anymore. And I used to spend so much time in gossip and in, in you know, just judging people and, and, and creating this world about what I wanted to do and what I was going to achieve with my money and where I was going to retire, where I was going to go on vacation, what car was I going to drive, all of it to paint a picture uh, for others about who I wanted them to see me as so I could be somebody. And once I realized I don't need to be somebody, I, I, I am the, the universe, the whole of the universe expressing itself through me. There is so much to explore about what is possible from God's perspective that the idle chit chat is, you know, it's not interesting. No, I can certainly uh, with love and compassion be with somebody that that's just where they happen to be in that moment and meet them there because that is, that is an extension of, 
of God through them. And in that moment, they're expressing themselves. And I want to be the witness to whatever's happening to them with, with love and compassion and, and just gratitude for the experience. But I don't seek that out as I used to. One of the, the big, big changes, and you were talking about this, is this giving to get. Because when we give to get, or we receive and, and now are, are uh, beholden to somebody else, you know, we, we receive to get too, to protect something. When those relationships happen that are based on, on lack, that are based on manipulation, when I began to realize that if that was happening in my home, it was happening in the community. It was happening in my country. It was happening on the planet. And that understanding of manipulative relationships helped me understand how corruption can happen on the planet. And it allowed me to really sit back and go, wow, I, I can totally see that. You give somebody like me when I was totally completely thinking that I was broken and I needed somebody to, to make me whole and I was codependent and I didn't want to be abandoned and I sold my soul. I could see, wow, somebody with power, I can see where they can sell their soul. I can see where they totally become codependent on the money that they might be getting outside of the regular salary. And all of a sudden, they've got this power, they've got this extra money coming in, how easily it is for them to sell themselves, just as it was easy for me to sell myself, sell my soul. And, and, and with one man, and we were not talking about that much money, but if you get into the realm of millions and billions and trillions of dollars, how easy it is to totally, completely sell our soul as within, so without. What have you discovered through your, your journey, as you were saying, understanding COVID? And what are some of the things that you've discovered that allows you to see what's going on in the world as a reflection of what, what happened inside of you, inside of me? Well, I, I totally relate to what you're saying. Um, anybody, I, I think most people would have a hard time resisting the kind of corruption that goes on at that scale. And, and the thing that it makes me think as you're talking is, think how much, how, when I think how hard it was for me to wake up from whatever my small scale, you know, sell out of my own soul was, Imagine what it would be on the scale of millions of dollars and public uh, exposure. And, and then yeah. you see, you know, that these souls have slipped into a place that they don't know how to get out of. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, when you think that you can keep perpetuating that situation, you're not going to do the work to actually get yourself free and yeah. so there are a lot of souls trapped in that kind of thinking that i guess you know when i think about my personal journey over the past 10 years i've i've been truly blessed to have some of the uh things happen to me that did happen that at the time were so so difficult and um I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for those, uh, yeah, for for God or the universe, you know, knocking on my door in that way to wake me up. And it it still wasn't easy. It was not easy at all. I mean, I was devastated a couple of times, so low, and uh, you know, it, it just forced me to actually do the work. And so as far as other wake-ups during COVID, yeah, well, I don't know about during COVID, but one of the other things that I realized and you hit upon it a minute ago was being able to receive. And I think before I had a certain situation happen, I actually had a situation where I had a really uh, difficult breakup, sudden and ugly, all at the same time when I was informed I had to have major surgery. And at the same time when I was having a difficult to solve 
plumbing problem in my home that was impacting neighbors since I was in a condo. So you put those three things together and that's some pretty major stress. When I look back at that, I think that's the most stress I ever want to feel ever. Um, but the idea that I was going to have to ask people to help me was really, really hard for me at that time because I had been so independent. And I think a big lesson I learned from that was we should be able to ask each other's help. We really need it. And in fact, people want to give it to you. It makes them feel good. Yeah. So that that was a big thing that I learned. And, and I think it allowed me to establish more intimate relationships with people. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we're not totally here to be completely independent. Um, no. And I didn't no. to sort of fool myself that, you know, I could always be take care of myself, you know, because I had to and because I could, I, you know, I'm pretty capable. Um, but there comes times in everybody's lives when you have to rely on other people. So I guess people became really, really important to me. So yeah. relationships are one of my top priorities in my life. Um, and, and so that that was another big thing. And, and that's yeah. true. But that is uh, that desire for relationships where we assist one another that is that is a to me when I hear people talking that way that that's someone who's pretty mature on their journey because when when we operate from our wounded self we we go one of two ways independent or codependent yeah we go one one extreme <laughs> or the other the ego never operates in the middle but when we become healthy inside and we're aligned with with our wholeness now we are available for interdependent relationships where two holes can come together and they don't lose themselves in the relationship. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't abuse each other. They don't do things to get the other to like them. They like themselves first and then they share from that independent self that is, you know, healthy enough to be interdependent. And that to me is, is one of the, the calls that we're in the middle of as a humanity. We, we have to, enough of us who have done that, that inner child work, that we are no longer these, you know, independent, too, too, too independent to care about anybody else, or so codependent that I need you to take care of me, I need you to agree to these laws, I need you to give up your power so that you can make me feel safe, which again is what I did with Ken. When we're no longer playing that, that game where we're broken, we harness a level of sovereignty that says, hey, I understand what reality is all about. And reality is that we are all children of the same creator. We are equally endowed by our creator with the same inalienable rights, whether I learned that through my spiritual journey and of course in miracles and the Bhagavad Gita, whether I learn it from you know, mystical teachings, or it's in the freaking U.S. Constitution. When, when you hear and feel that we're all endowed by the creator with the exact same inalienable rights to pursue life, liberty, and happiness, we then all align interdependent with each other to say, I, I will do whatever it takes to hold my independence and I want you to have yours. This is why we have the, you know, the ability to, to speak freely. Because when you know who you are, what anybody else says does not offend you. Hey, Mario, you're right. That is true happiness. When we're operating inside of that awareness that who I am cannot be hurt, I cannot be offended. And if I'm offended, I got to check the voices in the head that you and I were talking about earlier. Yes. <laughs> Why am I getting offended by what somebody says? This whole world of cancel culture is, is the perfect example of how on the surface we are being run. The world is being run by people who are very, very, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it sick inside because they don't understand their whole healthy selves. So their wounded self is running the world. Otherwise, nobody would need to control anybody else 
if we knew our sovereignty within. I agree. I totally agree. And, and it's interesting, you know, social media, it, especially in the last year with everything that's happening, certainly provides many, many opportunities to get in touch with where I am triggered, you know? And yeah. that's, that's the great thing about, you know, being able to really hear the voice in my head because I instantly feel out of balance when I start to get triggered by something that somebody says or does. And it's almost just like uh, an intro, uh, an immediate check on myself. And I go, oh, okay. Uh, I, I wanted to respond and say something nasty. So yeah, what's that about? And maybe I need to take care of what's in me before I jump into the fray and cause more problems. But the, you know, it, it goes on all the time. And uh, that's not being sovereign. <laughs> that is not being sovereign. In fact, since you brought up sovereignty, it's something that really had never really occurred to me until the last year. And with all that's gone on with, with COVID and, you know, I think it's just been an incredible opportunity to start to understand what stepping into your own power is really about. And you know, well, I start to yeah. think about whenever I have manifested anything important in my life, it's because I stepped into that power, no matter what the reason was or what prompted me. This, this past year has certainly provided a lot of reasons, but um, those, that's when things truly happen for the good. That's when you can start really manifesting what it is you want when you start to become really clear on who you are, what you think and what you're willing to, that you're willing to present yourself as such, you know, yeah. and, and not hold back. You don't have to hold back because, you know, you know, I guess for a long time, many years, I didn't want to offend anybody, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to offend anybody. And I'm still, you know, conscious of that. But I'm still gonna I'm gonna do what I what I want to do, and if somebody asks, I'm gonna say what I need to say. So, you know, that's sovereignty. Yeah, no. <laughs> that that you know, but the sovereignty, it, if we get right down to the essence of sovereignty, is that we are all endowed by the Creator with an inner light, an inner knowingness, an inner an inner eternalness that our sovereignty comes from the recognition that I and the Father are one, God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The body cannot be alive if aliveness was not in it. Sovereignty comes from the life. And if we are to have happy lives, we have to have liberty. You cannot experience life and then take away the liberty because you lose your happiness. The happiness is not possible when you're not free to do and be what it is that wants to be done and be through us That's but we quickly give up our sovereignty when as as from the young age our mind gets trained into believing that we are little minions minions of the state minions of our parents minions of the church when we give up our knowingness that the creator is inside of us yeah we give up our ability to know how powerful we are number one and how worthy we are to, to have the experience of what makes us happy. So we have little by little, over thousands of years, been conditioned into giving up our sovereignty. And the crazy thing right now is, in one of the crazy beautiful things that has happened is COVID is giving so many people the opportunity to see two things. One, how much control we've given to the government. We've given external control, which means we have abdicated sovereignty when we do that. Yeah. And two, when you get locked at home and you have time by yourself, you can begin to question, what the fuck did I do giving my sovereignty away? <laughs> so so it's kind of a, the perfect situation where getting locked in sees how you gave up your power that got you locked in, which then gives you the opportunity to come out, come out of the closet, come out of that, that small-minded sense of self. And it is, it's what I'm watching right now just as marrying Ken was the perfect relationship for me to see my spiritualized ego, how I thought I knew it all, you know, I talked it, but I wasn't walking it. And more importantly, how willing I was to give away my sovereignty 
for the false sense of safety. Safety. That's right. It's about the All fear. It works. The fear. We're being played by fear. Exactly. Exactly. So how are you um, right now as we're coming to, you know, the top of the hour here? How, how do you see what's happening in the world playing out in a way that that from your perspective is is a good thing? Because we know all the, the ugly stuff that's happening, the cancel culture, the muzzling people's voices, the censorship, the the wanting to force people to do things to their bodies that they don't want to do like these, you know, um, these injections with these things. I don't want to say the name because then they might ban me. Yes, yes. Um, and so we already know that there's a lot of darkness. We know that people are being abused, the human trafficking, the the corruption, the 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 fake news, and and then of course the the total complete abuse of power with these elections. So we know that part. Tell we, me about we know that. We know that. Some we, of us know that. Yes. Uh, what Some I of us know say that. is, you know, for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear and a even slightly curious nature. <laughs> uh, these people will wake up, right? But yeah. But not not if they're looking for safety. If yeah. somebody needs safety Correct. coming to them from the outside, they're not aligned with the source of sovereignty in them. So so Agreed. that so those of us who are are clear that sovereignty comes from within, how do you see those who are standing in their power? How do you see that light shining brighter in the world? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure that I even know the answer to it. Uh, I what do you want the answer to be? And let's create it. What I want the answer to be is that our energy feeds the collective energy and shines that light and is actually magnetic in force. So that as we step into our own power, into our own sovereignty, and continue to raise our vibration and our light that that magnetizes other people to overcome their fears and conversations like we've had today i would hope that if there's anybody out there that's been afraid to look at some of their shadow self um, that they find the courage to take the time and do that because once you do then you can truly step out of that fear zone because then you realize there's nothing really to fear except those voices in your head that you're trying to ignore and get away from. Perfectly said. That's exactly <laughs> it. We have to be the change we want to see in the world. And anybody out there who was either happy um, because their candidate won or miserable because their candidate lost is not sovereign. Because now something external had to happen for them to be okay or not okay inside. And that is exactly what I believe is being highlighted. And those who have, like you said, the ears to hear or the eyes to see who are willing. And and I, I am I am feeling many more are willing to question things because it's it's getting it's a madhouse out there. And, and it's going to <laughs> get worse and it has to get worse for me. My relationship with Ken had to get worse before it got better because until the screws were tight enough that I, the safety was choking me until the safety became my source of pain. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to ask for my freedom to really ask for my sovereignty. Yeah. And as long as we're comfortable, with a, a travel passport or comfortable with permission to go to the grocery store, as long as we're comfortable with the few little things that we're going to be given freedom to, to experience, we, we're not ready for sovereignty. Well, we, we're price of that? What is the price of that comfort? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but when the mind is wounded, when we believe that sense of woundedness and we operate from that, that wounded child, that ego self, Oh my goodness, we do not value freedom because we don't know who we are. We don't know that we're sovereign children of the light. And that is really why I hope everybody uh, will do what you just suggested. Do your inner work, find out who you are. We are heavenly royalty 
acting like a whole bunch of little slaves on this planet. And um, it, it's fascinating. I know I did it. I am not judging anybody who's doing that because I did that. <laughs> I, I, I've been there. I, I totally, you know, I've, I've explored plenty of those roles, that, yeah. those faces, all that experience. Um, yeah. Well, that's why I'm so grateful to have had this conversation with you today because I knew we could talk about what really needs to be done here. And that's the inner work that frees us inside so that we can then demand our freedom outside as within, so without, and safety and sovereignty are not equal. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ego identification with the mind, exactly, Mario. Thank you so much for being with us today. And Deborah, thank you so much. I so appreciate you and thank you for being a bright, beautiful light and staying aligned with your inner truth so that you can become a beacon that hopefully through this conversation will have sparked um, curiosity in somebody to want to know who they really are. We are magnificent children of, of the light. That's who we are. Thank you, sister. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. I appreciate it. All that. right. Yes. And next week I will have another guest that you're going to want to come and join us on another episode of Align with Lina on Mondays at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Thanks a bunch and have a beautiful